Hey folks, it's Jason Joyce here. It's the 20th of July 2020. You're very welcome and thank you for joining episode 18 of the Jason Joyce podcast. I hope this podcast finds you in good form and you're really enjoying the good weather. I'm very excited to share the podcast with you today. I'm going to share with you the most common regret of the dying. We're going to discuss Instagram versus reality and the power of social media. And I'm going to ask some serious questions to help you realize if you're living a life true to yourself or just trying to fit in. Before we get started, I'd like you to do a brief check in. How are you feeling in this moment at this time? Just become aware and make no judgment. After that brief reflection, it's story time. Today's story is from the book, The Top 5 Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware. I'd highly recommend this book. Bronnie Ware began searching for a job at Meaning and she found herself working in palliative care with clients who were dying. They became her biggest teachers and by applying the lessons they taught her, Bronnie developed an understanding that it is possible for everyone if they make conscious choices to die with peace of mind. And today I'm going to share with you Grace's story. It took no time at all for Grace to become one of my favourite palliative clients. She was a tiny woman with a huge heart. The early days with her began as usually happened. Sharing stories to get to know each other. Being sick is certainly one way to dissolve the ego. Dignity disappears into the past forever when you are terminally ill. Acceptance of the situation and of someone else wiping your bum becomes inevitable as clients become too sick to worry about such things after a while. Married for more than 50 years, Grace had led the life expected of her. She had raised lovely children and now rejoiced in the lives of her grandchildren as they lived through their teenage years. Her husband had apparently been a bit of a tyrant though, making married life for Grace very unpleasant for decades. It was a relief for everyone, especially Grace when he had been admitted into a nursing home permanently just a few months before. Grace has spent her married life dreaming of living independently from her husband, of travelling, not living under his dictatorship, and mostly just living a simple, happy life. Although she was in her 80s, she still had been fit and healthy for her age. Good health gives such freedom of mobility, and this had been the case for her when her husband was admitted into the nursing home. Within a short time of her newfound and long-awaited freedom, Grace began to feel very ill. A few days after this turning point, she was diagnosed with terminal illness, already quite advanced. What made this even more heartbreaking was that her illness was caused by her husband's long-term smoking habit within the home. The illness was aggressive, and by the time a month had passed, Grace had lost all of her strength and was bedridden, only able to hobble slowly to the bathroom with a walking frame while assisted. The dreams she had waited all her life to live were never going to happen. It was too late. The anguish she suffered over this was ongoing, tormenting her enormously. Why didn't I just do what I wanted? Why did I let him rule me? Why wasn't I strong enough? Were questions I heard repeatedly. She was so angry with herself for not having found the courage. Her children confirmed the hard life she had experienced and their hearts went out to her, as did mine. Don't you ever let anyone stop you doing what you want, Bronnie, she said. Promise that to this dying woman, please. 
I promised. And went on to explain how I was fortunate to have an amazing mother who taught me independence by example. Look at me now, Grace continued. Dying. Dying. How can it be possible I have waited all these years to be free and independent and now it's too late? There was no denying this was tragic. And a memory that would accompany me into the future constantly reminded me to live my own way. Grace's decline was happening quite fast. She explained she wasn't against marriage, not at all. She thought it could be a beautiful thing and a great opportunity to grow through shared learning. What she was against was the doctrine of her generation, that you had to stay in a marriage regardless of anything. And so she had, all the while forfeiting her own happiness. She had dedicated her life to her husband, who had taken her love for granted. Now that she was dying, she didn't care what people thought of her and anguished over why she hadn't worked this out sooner. Grace had kept up appearances and lived the way others expected her to. Only now realising the choice to do so had always been her own and was based on fear. Although I offered support, including the need to forgive herself, the fact that it was now all too late continued to overwhelm her. Most of my assignments were one-on-one like this. Longer-term clients who I would care for until they passed. Those words from Grace, filled with anguish, despair and frustration, were echoed by several others I also came to meet. Of all of the regrets and lessons shared with me as I sat beside their beds, the regret of not having lived a life true to themselves was the most common of all. It was also one that caused the most frustration as the client's realisation came too late. Like Grace, they realised, I wish... I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. What lessons or insights did you get from Grace's story? I've been very fortunate enough to work in the health care industry for the last 17 years and I've got many, many valuable lessons. And what I've noticed is we're very reactive we never really think it's going to happen to us. And when it does, we never really appreciate what we had until that happened. For example, if you had a stroke, the ability to just sit to stand or go for a walk when you please. Or if you have lung disease, just to get up and walk up the stairs. Or if you broke an arm or a wrist or a leg. How them little things we always take for granted. How important they are. So I'm going to ask you a really, really important question. Like Grace in this, just imagine it's your deathbed wish. What one thing do you wish you would change about your life right now, coming from a place of courage and love instead of fear? What one thing do you wish you would change right now? Answering that question, I guarantee you, you're not saying, I wish I spent more time on social media, on my phone, on Netflix. Which brings me nicely to the second concept I'd like to discuss today. Instagram versus reality or social media versus reality. Who's in control? The phone's function is for you to use it to call or text or interact with another person or being. And when we first got phones, when I first got phones about 20 years ago, you could only call or text and that was it. But now constantly beeps you're checking whatsapp you're checking facebook instagram twitter tiktok you're checking your emails at all times in the night and your the phone is constantly grabbing your attention and if that's you your phone is in control it's simple because it's grabbing your attention you're reacting to it and it's dictating your time and your energy the main reason for this is that most apps like instagram or facebook are based on dopamine algorithms 
and what dopamine is it's a hormone a feel-good hormone that we get when we like check off to-do lists that we get when we gamble we drink and also when you get feedback on facebook or instagram and you get likes or positive responses and the thing about dopamine is the more you get the more you want because our tolerance lowers so it's like the heroin it's the more you get you need more of it to feel that same buzz and this kind of controls how you react and respond that's why social media can become so addictive and then we get hooked on it become more distracted lower energy levels we become unsure what's important to our life and then we're living a life that's expected from us instead of what's true to ourselves we can get quite lost like in grace's story she was living a life of what was expected instead of what was true to herself and that was her biggest regret while she was on her deathbed to be honest, social media and dopamine is a podcast in itself, but I don't want to just hear bash social media because it is a great way to connect with others. It is a great way to share your message and help others. It's just to realize if that is controlling your life, it's very important to realize that it isn't real. And if that's controlling your life, you're living a life untrue to yourself and we need to realize it before we can correct it. So the main question for you to answer is, are you living a life true to yourself? Simple. And the best way to answer this is, are you full of serotonin? And what serotonin is, serotonin is the hormone that you produce when you're proud of your actions, you're proud of what you do. Like Bronnie Ware in this story, she wasn't living a life that she felt fulfilled. So she started working with people in palliative care. She felt proud. And as a result, she ended up creating that blog with over 8 million views. And then she ended up writing a book, which is one of the most inspirational books going. And you don't have to be writing a book or a blog, but she was living a life true to herself where she felt inspired. She felt very proud of what she was doing. And as a result, she was full of serotonin. And that's the real, really good hormone that you want your body flush with. Now, two main ingredients to produce serotonin will be are you growing as a person and are, are you contributing to something bigger than yourself which I men- mentioned in one of my last podcasts the simplest way to find out this would be to answer these, this question what are the three most important things in your life and ask yourself are they based on serotonin on pride and growth and contribution or are they based on dopamine you want more and more and more of it and the three most important things in your life, are they correlated with the three things you spend your most time on? A lot of people come to me with injuries and they say the most important thing is their health and they want to get fit. And I give them three or four exercises based on what they ask for. And they come back to me and I say, oh, I didn't get time to do my exercises. I don't have time, which is an illusion. We all have 24 hours in a day. It's what you prioritize your time on. And this is why I mentioned social media, because you can spend 30 to 60 minutes before you know it scrolling and you're like, what What the hell just happened there? Whereas that 30 to 60 minutes walking or exercise would have having a massive impact in your life and on your health. So to come back to the start, are you living a life true to yourself? Are you living a life and spending your time on what's really, really important to you? Or are you just sailing through life and then before you know it you'll be in the same place grace where i was going wish i had the courage to f- live a life true to myself 
first of all, you need to be honest with yourself and answer that question. Am I living a life true to myself? If the answer is no or you'd like to improve in this area, simple, let's start by answering the questions in this podcast. Or if your phone is in control, how about take back that control? It's there for you, not to control you. So puts a screen time on where it closes down at 10 o'clock and starts back at 8 8 a.m. An excellent strategy would be to avoid using the phone for the first hour in the morning and the last hour at night or turn off all notifications or set time limits on certain apps like Instagram. I have a 15 minute limit per day or set a digital detox one day per week where you just give yourself a break from your phone. Normally I do that on a Saturday because you're going to have one or two results here. You're going to have pain of regret of not living a life true true to yourself or you will have the initial pain of discipline, but you'll be happy and you'll have peace of mind in the long run. My last suggestion would be to find out what your true self loves to do. And that would be flushing your body full of serotonin and oxytocin, the two most important hormones to make you feel alive and happy within yourself. As I said, serotonin, it's pride. Oxytocin is your connection hormone when you really connect with someone. So if you align your actions you grow by what you're doing and you're contributing to something good. Normally you're full of serotonin and oxytocin. So I find out what you love to do, what gets your juices flowing and do that. It's so, so simple. But don't get lost in living a life that others expect from you. Before I summarize the main points of today's podcast, please continue to share and like my podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And if you can review it on iTunes, So this is the 18th podcast. I'm going to complete two more before I have a break for the month of August. So episode 19 is going to be a Q&A. If you have any questions, please send them on and I'll answer them as best as I can. So please send them on. Please don't be afraid to ask a question and share it as much as possible. Summarize the main points of today's podcast. Imagine Grace was giving you this advice directly. What one thing would you change in your life right now to live a life true to yourself, coming from courage and love instead of fear? Who's in control? You or your phone? Remember the concept of Instagram versus reality. And the last point, what are your three most important pillars true to yourself? And is this in correlation with the top three things you spend your most time on? Thank you folks, have a great week. (music)